Welcome to FMAO, for mature audiences only, with your hosts, Jay Caslow and Tommy Danger. Hey everybody, welcome back to FMAO. I am Jay Caslow in Philadelphia, and I'm here joined by Tommy Danger, my, my partner in crime over there in New York City. Yeah. And we are we are back. We are back for episode three. Sorry we uh, missed a week or two over there. Um, I had a little bit of uh, health issues, health scare, whatever you want to call it, I experienced vertigo pretty bad actually the day after we recorded last time and uh it took me like a week or so recovering i'm hopefully mostly better now um i've you died you died and came back jesus christ you are i'm a born again podcaster oh there you go yeah absolutely hallelujah i'm a a, a bap (laughs) should make a hip-hop song about that bap bap you're a Baptist. <laughs> <laughs> Bap, otherwise short for Baptist. <laughs> yeah, man. So it's good to be back. It's good to be back here with the show. Of course, we're, we're, we're starting out and we are, um, you know, we want to get the momentum going. We were still yet to post on YouTube, but we, we will get there soon enough. We have the video, so we'll, we'll get there. So anyway, we're back for our third recording here today. And um, Tommy. How, yeah. how are you? How are you identifying today? Well, Jay, today I am identifying as a nice double sack of garbage sitting here in Hell's Kitchen, Manhattan. Just, just a nice day, and it's a, such a nice day that you don't even notice the garbage on the street. So that's how I I identify as just a just double a double sack of garbage. Just a two fifty gallon bags of hefty garbage bags on the street on the corner of 48th and 9th avenue and just it's just it's just chilling there i'm just chilling there uh how do you how do you identify as today uh jay um today i'm i'm along the lines of our topic i think i'm i'm gonna identify as a as a daddy a daddy of <laughs> i I, well, you're 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 a plant daddy. For those who oh, don't yeah, yeah, uh, see yeah. it, you, so for in those, the background, yeah, exactly. you have an actual. I, you have a oh, oh. you have a little plant. You have a little yeah. guy. I was just telling Tommy before we started. If you can see, if you're watching on YouTube, you see behind me. That's my plant on my desk. So I am indeed a plant daddy. I didn't even think about that angle, but yeah, I'm a plant daddy. So P P daddy, plant daddy, P diddy, P diddy, P diddy. Yeah, P Diddy, I'm, P Daddy. You know what? <laughs> I'm identifying as P Diddy today. There you go. P Daddy, Plant Daddy, whatever. Mm-hmm. It's all bullshit. Anyways, mm-hmm. this identification shit. <laughs> so, what um, are the things that we're gonna we want to yeah. cover today? Yeah. So today it's interesting because we have Father's Day is right around the corner, mm-hmm. and uh, we just entered into this just like you know, let's keep it. Let's just talk about Father's Day, and there's like a lot, of course that that opens up into. So this is kind of like one singular topic we're recording today, but I'm sure it's going to branch out into a lot of things. So, um, yeah, we're going to talk about the daddies, daddy issues, men, men's rights. Let's do it. All of that shit. So let's hit, hit this topic on his little tissue. Let's do it. Yes. Let's go. All right. Let's talk about, Fathers, uh, Father's Day is right around the corner, as you know, Jay. And although you and I are both meaningless to this world because we don't have 
brood of our own, but we still have both of our fathers around. And you know, we can get with that in mind. We can get pregnant. We can get pregnant on our own. You know, <laughs> I I identify right now. I I identify as pregnant. Um, me so, too. Yeah. You Hashtag there me you too. Go. There you go. There you go. Good start. Daddies Good right start. now. Good start. I definitely am like six months in with my belly. Um, yeah, I'm getting there too. Father's Day is right around the corner, and uh, we could both talk about our dads, what they mean to us. Um, but also, <laughs> we're kind of going to be a little bit salty, a little bit yeah. uh, critical here. But uh, I wanted to talk to, and I've been meaning to talk to you about this um, because I think we have both some overlap in our, in how, in both our fathers and how they are living their. Uh, their their lives and also just men in general in their middle to second half of their lives and what concerns me is uh how men especially aging men and especially men who are quote-unquote settled and how socially maybe even emotionally and mentally helpless they become like they they've they literally like can't do normal things like like i am the like i'm I'm 41 almost 42 yikes but it's like when when i see men around my age our age group uh into their 40s across the board like like it's 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 gotten down to such a simple math that the men who are single without you know like without a serious relationship are much more, you know, even like better talkers, better conversationalists. They they know how to express themselves better, and and the ones who are better like, than married men. Just you're saying better than married men, men who have long term relationships, men who are living with their uh, significant other, men who have kids. They just they're just and and they're just slobs. Like not like physically or like how they maybe they are slobs. Maybe the proclivity of being a slob is higher. Maybe it's a cause and effect or correlation where... I think it has probably has to do with a certain level of codependence, you know? Yeah. <clears throat> I think the way it plays out, it ends up being codependence versus independence, you know? Like, if you're a single guy and you're into your 50s or 60s, like, you have to be independent. There's not a... You don't have a... There's not a, no choice about it. Like, if you're married and you're 50 and 60 and 70, like... You have a choice. You could still be independent on some level, um, or you could be codependent. And I think probably like our dads, and I think it's a generational thing as well. We might get into that a little bit, but like I think my theory generational cultural thing. Yeah, I mean, obviously, both our parents are Eastern, you know, Asian, so mm-hmm. it might it might be a lot different with America, like white American yeah. fathers, but. Generationally, I think there'll be some overlap as well, you know, like I think that era, they just have a very simplistic view of existence where you just go to work, you go to work, you go to your job, nine to five or whatever hours every day, every week, day for 20 years, 30 years, 40 years, you get your pension, you put food on the table, you provide for your family and you pat yourself on the back because you've done an excellent job doing that and that's it. You know, I think they, 
uh, you can, I don't want to speak for your dad, but I, I think that's my, how my dad views. Like when I used to watch wonder years, you know, that was definitely the view of Kevin's dad, you know? And I think that's probably a lot of men, whether you're white or Asian or whatever. It's like they just feel like that's enough, you know. That's a good point because, if you don't mind, let me jump yeah. in. Wonder Years and Full House and all those, like, uh, family-based shows and sitcoms from the 80s to the bulk of the 90s. I was just not even impressed. I was, I was dumbstruck at how much talking there was by the father figures in the house. like <laughs> Whereas just, in real life, it's like... Just like, it just blew my mind that dads would ask the kids questions, yeah. like open-ended questions. Well, that, like, what are your thoughts? <laughs> that's definitely... What are your thoughts on this? That's definitely you full know? house. Stephanie, what, what, and why do you, you know? Yeah, right. <laughs> I didn't, I didn't think about like, that, the contrast between Wonder Years... Because Wonder Years, he didn't do any of that with his kids. He had no relationship with his kids, the dad. No, that's true. But with Full that. House, all three of the dads or whatever, you know, they're all like yeah. totally, you know, but I guess that's the difference. I mean, like Wonder Years was a show set in the 70s. That's true. And that's a good Full House is totally 90s. And you see yeah. kind of the evolution of men, you know. Mm-hmm. It's funny because they're just shows, but... I, you know, like culture and entertainment and all this stuff, like it rings true to life, you know, at like what's going on in the real world, you know, in society. And I think men have been evolving and we were just kids back then in the nineties or whatever, just making our way. But now we're grown ass men and, you know, so I think, I don't know, like my, my, one of the, one of the things I say is like, I think we're in a very particular generation where I always go back to the internet, right? And cell phones, like, and I'm a little bit older than you, but you, maybe you feel a little bit of this as well, but I grew up without cell phones, you know, like my childhood was stranger things. Like I was a kid running around with other kids, you know, having a good time, you know, adventures and sports. Your mom was a Winona writer. (laughs) You had a hot mom. Yeah, I kind of had a hot mom. I'm not going to say anything about that because this is about Father's Day and shit. Um, but yeah, you know, it's like you go one generation older than me, even like my sister, a little bit older than that. It's like they can't handle new technology. Like they have a hard time, like double clicking and just like the most basic things. Like they can't figure out like iPhones and stuff. It's like, but I think I'm lucky to be right on that cost and you're a little younger than me, but like I grew up kind of without all that technology, but as the technology was arising, I was in college in the tail end of high school, like where you're still kind of hungry to learn and experience new tech. And so I, I feel like I got in right in that sweet spot of now, I mean, technology is always advancing. So, you know, I feel like I'm 45 and I'm right on. I mean, I work in tech and design and all this stuff anyways for my career. So, Mm -hmm. but I feel like 20 years from now when I'm like 65 or whatever, I feel like, I mean, compare my dad with me, you know, at 65. And I'm like, you know, my dad, lucky if he can double click a mouse, you know, like with me, I'll be like probably... You know, I'm not going to do virtual reality with my vertigo and everything, but, you know, like I'll still be on the front face of, you know, the 
maybe not the cutting edge of technology because probably when I'm 65, I just won't give a shit about a lot of that shit, you know, but I'll be able to embrace new technology. Does that make sense? Like I'll, I'll be kind of with the times. I might not like it, like a lot of new music coming out now, right? Like a lot of it is just kind of bullshit. Like, but I like some new music. I like some new movies. I like some stuff, you know. I've I've been I've been I'm on the Dua Lipa train. Dua Lipa is great. Did you see on Netflix there was a there's a show it was called like Making of the Music or something like that behind the music or something, mm-hmm. and they did an episode on Dua Lipa, and she talked about like the making of that song. Interesting. Uh, I forget what song it is. I, I I didn't really even know about her until that episode. Yeah. But I was like I kind of got into her vibe a little bit, yeah. you know. But but my overall point here is not it's not just internet and culture, and we're talking about the parenting in the '90s and Full House and all that stuff. But I, my point is like our generation, like where we're at. And again, you tell me if you feel differently than than me about this. Mm-hmm. But for me, I'm like, we're adaptable, like we're malleable, like we are growing with the times, whether we like them or not. And you and I might sound like salty guys or curmudgeons here and there a little bit, but not nearly to the extent I think of our fathers or, or, or that generation. You know, where it was like just so small minded. Like, well, well, let me let me take that baton from you yeah. and see if we can come up with something fresh here. I think we're both we both enjoy fending for ourselves. Like we're both freelancers in our daytime job. We're both we both have an, an insatiable appetite for curiosity and, and a lot of things just like we're doing making content like this. Um podcasting and talking to people and just making uh, drastic, what people would consider drastic changes in our lives and having a little bit more off-kilter perspective on life and how we want to live it. Um, and I think it's just holistic and it goes it naturally goes into how we see uh, relationships with women and or lack thereof. And, and like case in point, I was at a, I was at a group brunch this past weekend and if anyone knows me, I, I'm a little bit phobic, if not downright allergic to sit down meals because I like you're you're especially with like all new people because like it's like you have it's it's such a random thing and you're you're either yeah. it's gonna be a very miserable experience or yeah. very like like enjoyable experience, but whoever you're sitting close to and they, they might be a complete buzz killer yeah. or they might be weird. Like I like to be weird, but they're like really awfully weird. You know, I'm like very pleasant, weird. Yeah. you know? So, but, uh, but because it's like, I'm always like in it, like, you know, like on Twitter and what's like, what's going on in sports. Like I have a lot of what, what people would call social currency, like just in terms of like chit chat and small talk and brunch and like, Oh, this is really nice. And really like, I, I'm in it. Mm-hmm. I'm one of them. So, but I think like, and I know you hate boring people. Kind of like, what, yeah. 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 But I can make the situation a lot more interesting as opposed to if I were just, uh, you know, like a, a corporate drone and like, I got my MBA, I got my BMW, I got my, you know, my condo and it's just like, I'll have like root for the Lakers and that's it. That's all. And I go up, show up to the brunch. I have nothing to contribute to the uh, table talk. Um, but, but because I am just got all my sticky, dirty little fingers and everything that's going on in the world, more or less, um, like we want to talk about crypto. Let's talk about crypto. You know, you want to talk about 
Dua Lipa, let's talk about Dua Lipa. You know, like I will have takes on things because I, I more whether it's for a living, whether it's socially, whether it's romantically, I like to be a free agent. I like to fend for myself, and so I think what you were describing earlier for like the prototypical alpha male patriarch back in the 50s to to the 80s, 90s, really, is just the guy who goes to work, comes home. Wants his dinner ready. Wants the kids in bed, and do that from nine to five, Monday to Friday, for twenty plus years. You know, but I think there are a lot more men like us, you and I, where we won't ever be like that. We'll be like this, mm-hmm. dude. I would love it if you and I are doing this podcast thirty years mm-hmm. from now. You know, like <laughs> the VR version ourselves or whatever. <laughs> if, you, if you if you can't do the headset, but uh, but yeah, it's like we. Our appetite for curiosity and critical thinking and analysis and free thinking, mm-hmm. really, freedomism, really, won't yeah. ever end. But it's just men like our dads, although we have a certain level of a modicum of respect for them because they fucking raised us and brought us into this world. But still, it's like uh, I, I definitely personally wish my dad was a little bit more free-ish. But I understand. I also sympathize and understand where it's coming from. Yeah. One thing I was thinking of when we were t- you're talking about how men were back then, but at the same time back then there was also James Bond. You know, mm-hmm. there was also you know Magnum PI, and well, he wasn't so much a father, but you know what I mean. Like there was still like the there's still a lot of things. the most interesting man on the world, yeah. like the old guy with the, you know it's like Rocky, Rambo, Terminator, like a lot of like male awesome like. Yeah. You know, like rebellious figures, whether fictional or whether real life, you know. But yeah, even when you mentioned Rocky and all them, it's like their focus was on their work. You know, don't you get that impression that like it was all about the fight and whatever. And the the wife doesn't want him to go fight because he he might die or whatever. Right. And he's got a son Mm -hmm. and he still goes and he's like, oh, I got to do this. I got to fight. Oh, you know, blah, blah. He could leave his son fatherless, like if he died. But he's like, fuck it. Like, mm-hmm. I still got to go do this. So, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. even then with the interesting guys back then, there's an element of, like, men and their work. And I, I think it's sort of timeless in a way, don't you think? Like, men mm-hmm. putting their work ahead of relationships and shit, whether with, mm-hmm. with their spouse or their kids. I don't. I don't see it that way. I think. I think it's. I think the way that I see it is like if it. If, if we were those guys, if we were in our forties back in the eighties, yeah, mm-hmm. and we were watching a movie like Rocky One coming out, then it's like, for me, what I would, what I would like to think of myself in that scenario. I hope I get inspired of a story of a man, who could have just, either you know, called it a career and just moved on, or taking a, a lesser challenge and just kind of shy away from the spotlight that he was given. But no, he completely stepped up to the challenge. Uh, he completely came, came out of his comfort zone, came, overcame his fears, accepted the, the guidance and the teachership of a very willing mentor who, who wanted to help and guide him there. And, and like all these things were going against him, but still, and I th- I, I'm, and to this day, I feel like Sylvester Stallone's story is all the more impressive than just Rocky himself. Like Sylvester Stallone himself was like, he's an older guy and he, this is, he hasn't made a name for himself, but 
all he had was his dog and a script. Yeah. You know, he literally wrote out every single punch in all in those fights in, in every movie, like every single punch. Um, and he, he was <laughs> takes so a really good writer broke. to write out punches. <laughs> That's Sylvester Stallone. That's the legend himself. And uh, he like he, he became so destitute that he had to sell his dog. Yeah, I remember hearing to, that. Yeah, yeah. And then the very first thing, once he, the movie got made, he got paid. He went to go back find mm. his dog and found his dog and paid like tenfold to just That's get his so dog back. Insane. But which is an it's insane story. But it's just story. like I think I think whether uh, any generation uh, there will be a lot of men who are and who are living. Look, you 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 could be you could be a corporate. A, a corporate person, but still live an amazing, uh, complicated, nuanced, free-thinking life. You could you could be an an artist, but just be so such a liptard. You know, you could be Jim Carrey. <laughs> God, God, heaven forbid that you become Jim Carrey. You know, like like please don't be Jim Carrey. <laughs> you know, like so it, it really is like like does he multi layer kids? He probably does, right? Jim Carrey? I don't think Jim Carrey has really? kids. I don't think so. I don't I never. But even if it hasn't, I never heard him talking yeah. about kids. I, I guess the the thing I'm the point I'm kind of getting at here is I, I just kind of wonder, like the values and priorities of men. And obviously, you can't summarize every man because every man's different. But like in terms of the balancing act for men, because women have their own balancing act as well, right? So, but but for men, it's kind of like career or work or art or passion, whatever you want to say, like, and then you've got your love, sex, spouse kind of role. And then you have the kids fatherly kind of role, right? So those tend to generally be the three main blocks, right? For men, obviously for, say that again. so like so, your so work, you know, yeah, your passion, your work, your whatever, your craft, whatever. And then your love life, lover, yeah. and yeah. then as a father, like if you have children, like father. to me, those are like the three main buckets. And it's a matter of how does each man balance that, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm just we're just spitballing here, but I'm kind of like wondering if there has been an evolution over the decades in our lifetime, or is it pretty consistent actually? Or like, like I think there's a general consistency that men tend to really prioritize their work, like their, their career, their art, even if they're a person like Kevin's dad in wonder years, where it's kind of a dead end job, they hate it. Mm -hmm. They still prioritize it because of the role that they play as breadwinner, you know, like, Mm -hmm. you know, like I think there's something to that where a man, even if he hates his job, he will take a certain pride in it if he's providing yeah. for his wife and kids, you know, like, yeah. you know, ideally people love their job and their career and, you know, they love their kids and family, but like, it, it's weird. I think a lot of guys, they, they prioritize their work or that, that first role, that first bucket of like work over their family and kids, because a lot of them, I think in their mind, they think, it's sort of a a surrogate for the direct relationship with the wife and kids. They think that by doing the work, focusing on that, that is how they're showing love to their wife and kids by putting food on the table, 
Does that make sense? So in, in a way, we're talking about love languages here, right? Like that, not so much the five love languages between a couple, but like in a way, I think a lot of men, especially traditionally in the past, maybe less so now, but a lot of men, they think they're loving their wife and kids by pouring themselves into their job, their work. Acts of service, yeah. Kind of, yeah. So, yeah. yeah, what do you think about that? Like, a, And that's probably a reason for a lot of marital problems, actually. Because I think women actually desire a man to be relational with them, right? I think it's like in the last five to ten years, it's gotten so bizarre and feminism and just the what's what's what i say you know what's in the water these days really um it's become like so off balance where a dude like an average man in america makes about what thirty five forty thousand dollars a year which is um, weird when you say it out loud but yeah when you when you say yeah. that so it's like and that's an average right. man so there's a lot of men less making than that, less right. than that so so even let's just say let's just you know, let's just make it sound it make it sound. Guy has a college degree; he makes fifty thousand dollars a year. You know, um, you're not you're not gonna get. You know, the the odds are so against you. You know, you're you're basically at a poker table, and you're gonna get blinded out. You literally have so few chips that you have like three chances to play your, your cards. We get, but then you're gonna get blinded out. You're gonna basically kick off the table. So. So it's it's like it's one thing to to be focused on what you're doing for a living. Maybe you love it. Maybe you, maybe you don't. Maybe it's your craft. Maybe it's just a job. But it's a whole other thing to like understand the sexual uh, marketplace, red pill, MGTOW, uh, hypergamy, feminism, and you know, a woman who comes into your life. She has her own baggage, even if it's just like. Whether it's just emotional or actual physical baggage in terms of kids from a prior relationship, which so many men are are, are doing that these days without you know it's just the situation they end up in. They're with a woman and she has kids um, from a prior relationship, and it's just like, yeah, like men are like I feel like there is a good number of guys who definitely the college degree and the high paying jobs are helping them understand like the smarter more financially stable men are kind of like getting more easily or more probably red pilled but the guys who are working blue blue collar jobs making less money they just don't have the resources or the time or the critical thinking skills to like really learn what it means to be a partner a father a lover a man these days and how to navigate that terrain um it's just it's just the it's just so much harder if you're not making as much money if you don't have a better degree because it's like you're going to be surrounded with some guys who are just like on their second third marriage with a lot of kids and a lot of some of these kids are from you know they're not their own you know it's just like it's it's so difficult and it's 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 a uh, like we're thankful for our dads but also our dads are kind of lucky that they went through the time period where things were simpler it was all kind of spelled out yeah Mm -hmm. expectations were very well defined Mm -hmm. yeah Yeah. so i think 
it's I I mean dads of our people dads who are around fathers who are around our age more or less uh, hopefully they're aware of you know concepts like red pill concepts like hypergamy concepts like you know like shit testing from a woman you know because without these basic tools and basic awareness they're just it's a very uh, unsatisfying if not a downright self-induced somewhat self-induced slavery for a modern man making somewhere between 50 yeah. and 100k to get married and have yeah. kids and just yeah. do you think it's like a combination of sort of like being unappreciated and disrespected and taken for granted and just kind of dismissed and do you think that's a big part of it for the modern man who's married i think i think that's a good part of it but i think it really comes down to um now we're going to get into a big or kind of get a little uh, sidebar of like how how do you become red or how i became repelled because it's like sure like um i think being unappreciated is one thing but i think really especially as a man as a as a as a man between the age of like 15 to like 80 i think you still have like the responsibility i think the universe gives you both the challenge and the opportunity to make things right for yourself so it might it might seem like you're surrounded by a lot of toxic people maybe it's your partner maybe it's your mother maybe it's just family members friends but i think it's like you re you reap what you sow you know like if you want respect go yeah. earn respect you know i'm if a big you, believer like, in that you like, reap what you sow yeah yeah and people make excuses men and women everybody just makes excuses and takes the easy way out but yeah yeah unfortunately it's sometimes you do a lot of things right and you still don't get rewarded for it you know it's Think about one of my favorite sports to follow, even not just to watch, but just even just to study the numbers, is is baseball. Baseball, like you, you you're if you have a batting average of three hundred, you're a Hall of Famer. Mm -hmm. Three hundred, three hundred out of a thousand, that's a Hall of Fame. You're literally one of the best who've ever played the game. Yeah. You know, but that's how it is with real life too. Just bat yeah. three hundred. That's all you need to do. Just bat 250. That's, that's You have a job if you have to bat 250 yeah. on a pro league team. You know? Kind of along these lines, like not necessarily related to fathers and all this stuff, but like I, I will say, I wanted to talk mm -hmm. about this. I'll probably do a whole introversion podcast episode about this, but like it, since it's fresh on my mind this morning. So I woke up this morning and I felt really emboldened. Like I felt really like kind of this, you know how I've been talking about being drunk without alcohol, you know? Like, mm -hmm. I think I'm getting better at it. Like, I think and it's totally a psychological mindset shift. And this morning was a yeah. great example of I woke up and I'm like, fuck it. I just, this is what I mean by being emboldened. I just want to go mm -hmm. relentlessly aggressive at this is who I am. This is how I feel. I'm going to express myself 100%. And Woo! everybody who doesn't like it, it's like that's fine. Go somewhere else. You're not my you're not my person, and I'm not your person. So whatever. But in order for me to connect with the few people out there in the world who kind of get me, mm -hmm. then if they can connect with me, I'm probably the kind of person who could get them, and that would make them feel good, you know. But the, it's kind of the pathway. The only way we're going to get there 
is if I have a 100% attitude of like, you know, and, you know, like an example concretely, like I thought about rewriting my dating profiles and just being kind of like really blunt, like, you know, saying shit like, yeah, you know, something about the vaccine. I don't know. Just like, yeah, hopefully you did not get the vaccine and, you know, blah, blah, blah. Hopefully, hopefully you're a pure blood like me, you know, just like whatever. But like kind of comical, kind of, but like something that really shows, you know what I mean? Like something that's going to turn off like 95% of women. But that 5% that's left, you know what I mean? Like, less is more, right? Like, I feel like I woke up just kind of like, you know, like, not to get all into it, but there's this old comedian guy who I barely knew in New York, this Indian guy, and I I saw him perform a couple of times, and I liked him. I met him through Anita. You remember my friend Anita? When she was doing open mics. So I met this guy. Cool guy. I loved... So you met met an Indian, a fellow brown guy... Who is doing open yes, mic? But he's her. he's more established. She was just dabbling, but she he's actually good. It so you don't have to name him, but is he still is he like a full time comic? I have I mean I'm friends with him on Facebook, but this is kind of my point is I've been really yeah. sick of Facebook and social media and mm-hmm. finally randomly he showed up in my feed and it was something that he posted days ago. And he's creating, I guess, his own new social media platform. And and it and it has to do with people actually connecting like one on one, and yeah yeah yeah. So it's kind of like randomly matching up with people. And I was like, so it sounds really cool. So I'm, I want to. Mess- I told him I'm going to message him and I want to talk about it. I actually want to have him on the introversion podcast because this is perfect for that. Just like social dynamics, social go. media, finding ways to actually connect in the in, you know in modern times. So, but my point is, is like it just kind of also got me thinking, like if I'm randomly matched with a person it's not a dating site it's not anything like that it's just like a person you know what so just like because like some dating apps do this social social match sure yeah i'm not even familiar with that as a dating thing but like the point is like if i get matched with a guy or a girl i just want to be like if they hate my guts after two minutes so be it you know Mm -hmm. just all right cool we saved any more time talking with each other and next week i'll be signed with somebody else and then like see how it goes but, like, that general mentality is kind of, like, blowing out. Like, you remember Mystery from, like, Mystery Method back then in the day? Yeah. I think, yeah, yeah the, the game, game and all that, like, Neil Strauss and yeah. all that. So, like, I remember yeah. on that, because he had, like, an MTV show, The Mystery Method or something like that. And, yeah, or The Pickup Artist, I think. <laughs> I, I don't even remember. It was called something, Pickup something. Yeah. But yeah. I think I remember him... And I could be totally wrong. It might be somewhere else I heard this. But I thought it was him. And he was kind of saying, like, yeah, like, if you're going to go in a room, like, wreck it. You know, like, blow it out. And I know you do. I mean, like, when you said last time, you walked up to the group of the girl. And they were just, like, it was awkward and shit. Yeah. But you're just, like, fuck it. I'm doing D-G- for it. DGAF. Yeah. Don't give a fuck. DGAF. Yeah. And, and I kind of just felt like that this morning. And But as I was feeling emboldened and thinking about it this morning, it wasn't arbitrary. It wasn't just kind of like, ah, let me just do whatever the fuck just because of doing whatever the fuck. It was actually really intentional, like my thought process. You know, it's like, this is how I'm going to connect with new and better and more people, you know, because, and we, this might be a segue into men getting older and our fathers and stuff, but like what I, I've been experiencing is as I'm getting older, my social circle is getting much smaller. You know, 
part of it is my doing. Part of it is just other people marrying and having kids and disappearing. But, you know, it's not like when I lived in New York, though. Like, I, I don't think it makes sense for me to live the way I did in my 20s and 30s, where I would go to so many networking events, meet all these people, add them on Facebook. So I start having like a thousand Facebook friends and all these people. And it's kind of great for networking and all that stuff in New York. But I just feel like now I don't want to add anybody on Facebook unless they're seeing eye to eye with me on like Fauci vaccines, you know, like, or at least we know we have differing views on it and we can talk about it and they're not getting butt hurt about it, mm -hmm. you know? Like that kind of person is mm -hmm. so, but that's, you, you see how I'm putting this all together. So like the, 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 those people are kind of rare, you know, especially here in Philly. So the only way I'm going to get there is like, just blow it out, blow it out, blow it out. Like have 90% of people just, they don't like me at all, but I have to kind of weed through that to be my 100% genuine self. Exactly. 100% genuine self. Stop watering. This is a term I told my mom earlier. Stop watering it down. Stop watering me down. And that's advice, I think, for everybody. Stop watering yourself down in order to sort of cast a wider net, you know? Good. Join, join the dark side. Yeah. It's so much better. You're already kind of doing that. Yeah. Join the dark side. So, so let, me, let me take that. Uh, I was talking to someone. Uh, and uh, we're talking about, uh, she's Asian, and uh, we have some mutual friends, and she's talking about college. I was like, oh, where'd you go to college? She's like, oh, I went to college in Boston. I was like, oh, did you go to Harvard? She's like, how'd you know? I was like, because everyone who goes to Harvard who's Asian or white, they always say they went to a school in Boston. They never say they went Cause to Because they Harvard. don't want to sound like an yeah, arrogant you, prick. They, it's this like, what, once again, what's in the water for Harvard elites is that uh, is this full modesty? That's their social mm -hmm. currency. Um, it's like that's that's like if you're like part of the cool kids of the Harvard alumnus mm -hmm. group, then you just say I went to a school in Harvard. I'm like like like, and I told her right then and there. Can I give you a little bit of a unsolicited advice? She's like, Yeah, sure. Just say you went to Harvard. She's like, No, I'm not comfortable. Like, why aren't you comfortable? It's like, but it's like, look, listen, because if you say you're like, from Harvard, it immediately sounds like you're bragging about it. If you're if you're if you're that coy, if not a little misleading, then that's how you operate in all your life. Then you're carrying the baggage of that. Like m my reaction for you to say you went to Harvard is not your responsibility. Right. You know. I, just just state I the facts. You know. Just state the facts. Yeah. When I tell people I'm an accountant, my day job as an accountant. Nine times out of ten, people are like, oh, you must be good with numbers. Like, that's all they say. <laughs> oh, you must be good with numbers, blah, blah, blah. And you're Asian. Like, oh, you're so, Asian. So, oh, you must be good at math. But it's like, that's not my responsibility. So because it's not my responsibility, responsibility how they react, but nine times out of ten, they just say that. I'm good with numbers. I count it each time they say it. You know? So my, my reaction is I'm good with numbers and hand jobs. <laughs> like, and they just get so like, you said that, you know, because great, it's like, that's such a yeah, great, yeah, I love that because it's like, it just, it's only to prove my own right. point to, to, to spoon feed my own lesson is that people's reaction to my realness is not my responsibility. Yeah. 
you know? Like, it's, like, and if so anything... You, is that, like, your go-to say, line? Like, you say that a lot? Oh, it is now. Oh. I just thought of it. <laughs> well, I'll be curious to check in with you later, because, like, I want to know how that goes over, because yeah. I'm yeah. guessing it might rub people, a bunch of people the wrong way, but then somebody's going to find it really funny and amusing, but then you know, like, that's, you, yeah. that's the kind of person you should click with. So, yeah, like, it's the filtering process, so, right? So... I, I had a prospective client who's been been on and off with me who hasn't um, and this is like an official business capacity, but I had multiple calls with this person. But now I'm getting to a point where and, you know, like, sure enough, when I, I, I vibe with them, they vibe with me. We get a little profane. We get a little vulgar. That's fine. You know, they're not, they, they have a little business and, you know, like they tell me it's like, hey, man, with this tax thing, blah, blah, blah. I was like, hey, I'm only going to answer, like I text back, I'm only going to answer this question if you pay me or give me a hand job. Like it's just like I'm, I'm done working for you for free. And it gets all the respect from that person, you know? Like I have another friend who lives out of state, and he's like, you know, grown up in an Asian conservative family. So, and for me, it's like I talked to him about Manhattan strip clubs, which I occasionally visit every now and then. Um, and he's like all about like visiting New York and going to a New York City strip club. He's like very fascinated by that. But it's just all like, f- like just talking shit, just just not really putting money where your mouth is, you know. And I'm just like, I blow him off. I'm just like, yeah, I got like ten girls naked on top of me right now while I'm trying to do, you know, profit, you know, profit and loss statements, you know, <laughs> like, like, it's just. You come at, you, you just approach society yourself even with a level of uh, hum, not just humor, but just being a complete dickwad about it, you know? But it's just like, I don't care, you know? Like, fuck you, pay me, you yeah. know? Just, just go at it. With, I mean, but what you're talking about, though, is like, like, that's your personality type, though. So for you to go at it that way is like, that's so much, totally you. Like, I might, so I might go about it a different way because my, I'm, my personality is a little different. But the point is, it's 100% me. It's not so much. And you be 100% you. You know what I mean? It doesn't necessarily mean to be. I, 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 believe, I believe in a kind of a, a level of a philosophy or lifestyle in terms of how I want to live. I want to reach it. Like, I want to be the same person, yeah. whoever I meet. I don't want to be different right. in different right. scenarios of different people. Whether it's like. A president of a country, not this yeah. president, a president of a country or just some dude off the street. I want to be the same person. I don't want to, I want to treat them with the same level of respect or disrespect. I just want to be the same, whether it's a, a, a dime piece, a Swedish model, you know, or just a whale. I want to treat them with the same level disrespect. of disrespect. <laughs> bitch, get off, bitch, get off, get off of me, you know? Um, so, like, yeah, I I feel like that's kind of like the best way to live. I mean, and of course you gotta have a little bit of a fuck you money. Yeah. That's always ideal, but but it's also a matter of just being, uh, just being your own man and just like that is to me. I respect. There's a comedian named God, Bobby Lee. Yeah. Bobby Lee is this comedian slash podcaster, and that's what people say about him. Like he is the same exact person mm-hmm. on and off camera before. Uh, on stage, off stage, with like the biggest studio execs to like the most lowest, you know, production assistant. He's the same guy. He will make anybody mm-hmm. try to laugh and have a decent conversation. 
it, that's why everyone who close to him really love him because he's just mm-hmm. always like that. And I'm like, God damn, I love him even more. Um, and I kind of yeah. want to be there. It's just not a matter of like being a dick or right. just being selfish or being. Well, yeah, this is the thing though like, too. And good. I know you probably totally agree with me. It's like, I think women respect it as well. It's like what they respect is, and it's funny. It's a line from swingers. What they res- you see how they dress. What they respect is honesty. You know, like that's literally the line he says. Yeah. It's like, you see how they dress. They want you to notice, them. you know, but like, yeah. Is that, yeah. Is that Vince Vaughn yeah. saying that? Um, yeah. 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 But yeah. like, it's true though, you know, like, a little rabbit, a little rabbit. He's <laughs> just this little rabbit in the corner. You, you, you're like the big bear, man. But like, um, yeah, yeah. yeah, but like, it's the honesty. Like, people might not like you because of the specific values that you have that they disagree with. But on another level, they will respect you because you're being 100% genuine and honest. You know what I'm saying? And in some cases, they'll be attracted to you. I'm talking about like a woman. Mm-hmm. If you're just 100% honest, genuine, I don't give a fuck mentality. You know, it's attractive. Mm-hmm. You know, so all the more reason to do what we're talking about, about just unbridled, unleashed, 100% genuine act take action act how you feel express yourself say what's on your mind just remove the filter everything i was saying before about like kind of like when i'm drunk except without the alcohol just be that way i feel mm-hmm. good because i feel like i'm starting mm-hmm. to get there more and i talking and bringing it back to sort of getting older as men i'm just like you know when you're younger you're kind of insecure you kind of you need to fit in and mm-hmm. teenager and 20 like you need everybody to like you and people please and all that but now i'm just like yeah, i don't give a shit i don't give a shit anymore if people mm-hmm. just don't like me you know because i feel like the more that the masses or the wrong people don't like me or care for anything i do that means i'm putting myself out there in a larger context where there's probably a better chance of those few people out there who love what i'm saying that could mean as a girlfriend that could mean as a good friend a buddy that could mean as like fans of the show or whatever, you know? But you know what I mean? Like those fewer connections, like that, that's what's gonna be meaningful and significant and lasting, you know? Or not necessarily lasting, but you know what I mean? Like just a genuine connections with people, you know? And, and I feel like that's sort of what my life has been lacking, obviously with this pandemic and being locked down and, you know, for two, three years now, you know, I kinda wanna get back into living life but I struggle with like, how am I going to do that in a place where everybody is like, I love Fauci. And when is my next jab? You know, I'm like, it's not my kind of people. That's not my, my it's not my kind of mindset, you know? So yeah, it's tricky. It's tough. And I know that the people out there, it's a rarity of this kind of people I'm mm-hmm. going to connect with, but that's my mission. That's my task. Right. So as I see it, the louder I broadcast, right. The bigger the radar, the bigger the, mm-hmm. I have that much better of a chance of connecting with some real cool people that I think are cool, you know? Yeah, because it's like, as I'm listening to you, this is fantastic because it's like uh, twofold. One is uh, having that level of anti-woke 
just the level of realness. Uh, you could be you could be vaccinated or not vaccinated, but just the level having a level of uh, critical, free, independent thinking. Um, and two, going back to the, you know, Father's Day, talking about our fathers who are in heaven, and just men in general. What our father in heaven? There you go. Uh, <laughs> our fathers who are, are who are not uh, in heaven. Our fathers who are not in heaven, vaccinated be thy name. Um, but uh, but it's just a matter of like what what it, what makes a good man. Um, I was talking about a friend with the, about another friend who's not so honorable. Ooh. He's just kind of two faced about things, um, and that we both concluded that's not exactly a good trait and good way to carry yourself. Um, so traits masculine positive masculine traits like honor uh, integrity accountability teachability um, action being a man of action being a man of following through on your word um, being a man of you know what we were talking about just mm-hmm. a little bit independent a little bit uh, strong-willed um, speak like like our man like our boy uh, Jordan Peterson says you know just be a savage you know you know do do what thinks basically saying be very different from the world be be your own man you know and that if you put out that energy and take the hits mm-hmm. as it comes because yep. they will come for you um but sure enough as long as you bat 250 yeah. 300 as much as i don't like baseball i like that metaphor that you threw out there yeah mm-hmm. there you have it so let's i think you were about to bring it back to fathers and were you about to say something to bring it back to to daddios? Uh, to daddios? Because I do kind of want to bring it up um, to to sort of wrap with bringing it back to fathers. Because like, <sighs> I think it's a little superficial of me to to be like, oh my my dad's so helpless, blah blah. Um, yeah, you're. I don't I think, have much to I say. Think, uh, I don't think about that thing you want to talk about, about older men being helpless, but go ahead and share your thoughts on it. Cause I'm like, let me, let me bring it back to a nice landing. Uh, it's one thing to be like, look at my old dad is like, uh, he doesn't know how to dress or he doesn't know how to take care of himself, whatever. Uh, it's a little superficial. It's a little bit like not really important to, you know, he's getting older. What are you going to say? What am I going to say? You know, I'm probably going to be worse when I'm his, his age. Um, but, but really, the the crux of the matter is is the really the the, the nucleus of this is um, being uh, I mean being really a free thinking independent man. What you know, and doing that in in your prime, you know, and when you're between the your twenties and to your seventies, sixties, you know, really, and not really just like. The, the old Christian adage of like, you know, swimming. You know, there was a a, a photo in this little pamphlet Bible study group where it's a, a per, you know, don't be a person on the beach, don't be a person drowning underwater, be a person swimming because like you're you're in the water but you're also breathing for air. So it's like you're you're in the world but you're so you're also breathing God. Never air heard of that air. one. I mean, <laughs> I, I know in general, be in the so world like, but not of the world. I've heard that before, but I. I never heard this. So I never heard like, the swimming thing. Yeah, yeah. So the concept, yeah, yeah. exactly from that, 
the concept is is just like you know give on to caesar what belongs mm -hmm. to caesar you know but at the same time you can't be like worldly. so uh so like yeah you can't be so worldly you can't be so monkish so you can't be so like like truly independent like off-grid in living in a commune that sounds actually kind of good but still like you, you could do that but you could you also know how have that a, a, a strong understanding of what uh this world is and what it's trying to do what you know like being so far off extreme into conspiracy theories where where bill gates is trying to kill us i'm like he's not trying to kill us he's just trying to make us sick He's not trying to kill us. That's not exactly it. I mean, a That's lot of people. That's the big pharma way: keep people die. alive but unhealthy and dependent on their pharma teat. More, more soy products, mm -hmm. more veganism, more vegetarianism, more just that, more Coke Zero, more, more of that. Then we're good. That's that's all they want. They want a vaccination to be a constant thing. Yeah. That's great that this thing, the, the COVID happened. So it's like. It's like bank accounts in the 1920s and the 1900s, you know, like, like we have to open up a bank account now. Like we have to get vaccinated now. Like it's, it's a whole thing. It's a whole currency. It's a whole new world. But, but I think just understanding, having a fun, lively understanding of all these things, not being so bitter and jaded about it, not being so helpless about it, but, but also understanding that as, as these two things are colliding, you also have your, your, your own true North. Um, I saw uh, the new. No, Top don't Gun say anything. I still haven't Maverick. seen it. I'm gonna okay. hopefully see so it this the, this week. It's just like hopefully. every, even in 2022, everyone, every every protagonist's true north is like the woman. The woman has to be. I mean, talk about Bechdel test. Like, how come a guy can't just like save the world because he wants to save the world? You know, not <laughs> because he wants to save mm -hmm. world for the woman. You know, that's that's why I like. Uh, like uh, uh, Captain America, Winter Soldier, because it's very romancy. Mm -hmm. he, he wanted to save his friend. Yeah. So, wait, but give me your thesis on the on the helpless old man thing. You said it's like a, a trade off between sort of being a man in the world. Uh, where are you going with that? Like the thesis about aging men becoming helpless like kind of like the adding meat to the bones is is that i think going to what i said earlier i think or what we actually said together earlier is kind of like one older men were very focused on their work and then secondary was you know taking care of their their wives and mm -hmm. kids so it's like you don't have enough time and, and energy to reflect and to keep being sharp about other things that's going on. You're like pouring yourself into well, work. Well, I wouldn't say it's because of time and energy. I would say it's, it's, it's values and sort of pre-programming. And I think men of that generation have been programmed. Look, your dad has ample time and energy, you know, maybe not energy is older, but ample time. My dad has ample time. I sit there and observe how my dad, how they use time. And I'm like, my dad will waste an afternoon reading terms and conditions of a new email that he got, you know, I'm like, that's not time well spent, you know? So it's not a shortage of time or energy as I see it. It's like, 
values and priorities that have been established over many, many, many decades. Does that make sense? Like, like the helpless men thing, I'm like, I think it's just because men of that generation have gotten soft in a, in a way of like, they depend on their wife to do all these things for them. You know, mm-hmm. this is maybe just a theory. I'm just throwing this out, but like, it's back to the codependency thing, right? We talked a little bit about independent man versus codependent man. Mm-hmm. And it's like the codependent man. Like, okay, let's put it this way. If they were just at their job, whether it's a bullshit job or whatever, like they went to their job, did that whole thing, retired, that's gone now. So how they spend their time in the days and their sense of identity and all those things is gone. Now they're just a retired like schmuck sitting there with a wife and maybe kids or the kids are out of the house or whatever. But I'm like... I think you might agree with me. Like, I think, I'll, I think probably the case for your dad and my dad and a lot of these dads, like they don't know what the fuck to do with themselves. You know, they yeah, have to yeah. be told that's it has it to be spelled out for them. Wake up, clock in, go to this job, clock out. Like you take that away from them. And that's the helpless in a way. It's like, they're just lost. They. So I told my dad, my dad, my dad is, uh, a fiend, not even like an avid, not even as a hobby. He's a fiend for gardening. Like he's actual, he's like, he's like semi-pro farmer, okay. like actual farmer. And I'm like, you could dig this into not like a full-blown business, but you can find, cl- like, and I'll kind of teach you how, like you could like get, some other houses in the area and be their gardener and take care of their stuff and get paid. Dude, that's going to be a valuable you know, skill least, in the near future be, with all the food, food see, shortages. Whether it's flowers or ve- flowers and vegetable gardens. But he's like, ah, I don't want to deal with that. I'm just like, what, do you, what is it that you don't want to deal with? You want to deal with people? He's like, yeah, but the whole thing. I'm like, okay. But he's literally has gone to like, like uh, I don't know if it's like a city hall, but this like, like the little township administration offices, and uh, my sister and I, we had to like write letters to them because they're like spare land around my sister's house where my dad gardens, um, where he wants to like, you know, cut down all the brushes, plant some, you know, things like he's a- he's asked for permission from the city. Mm-hmm to do it but the city said no that's mm-hmm. city land you can't go on and you can't do anything to it you can walk through it but that's about it so he's very inclined to do gardening where he can but he doesn't want to put in the extra effort of the man has done my dad's a pastor he's worked with people all his life you know maybe there's a language barrier but that hasn't stopped him from getting a postgraduate like PhD in the US so, like, it's just maybe he's a little bit older and a little bit shyer. Okay, so I, I'll, I'll give him that. But I'm like, bro, like, you could be, like, gardening in everyone's backyard in this whole street if you wanted to. Because everyone who walks by my sister's house always compliment when he's there, always compliment how amazing hmm. the roses and tulips are. So it's like a, it's a, it's a problem of motivation, Bob. 
He just doesn't want yeah. to. He just doesn't want to. I'm just like that's. I feel like that's a that's a lost opportunity. That, that he could have been. He could have done something. Yeah. Something see, this is what himself. I wonder about about that. He want to and my dad. Similarly, I, I don't think my dad's really particularly good at anything like gardening or anything like that. But even if he was, it would probably be the same thing. It's like, and it makes me think like, because like my dad was super into Rick Warren and Purpose Driven Life when that was a thing, you know? My dad is super into it. He, yeah. That's what he does. He gets obsessed with like yeah. Robert Schuler, Adrian Rogers. Uh, yeah. I don't think he ever went through a Joel Osteen phase, but like, um, the, he loved uh, Rick Warren and the Purpose Driven Life, that whole thing. And I'm like, yeah. how can yeah. he be so into that thing and talking about Purpose Driven Life? And what you and I are talking about right now is like men in their 60s and 70s and 80s, right? What is, what is your purpose? Yeah. You know, it, it, even back then in their generation, in their 20s, 30s, 40s, there was kind of a clearly spelled out purpose, which is go get a job, work, make money, provide for your wife and kids. That's the purpose. And then they retire. And then it's kind of like, what's their purpose? And it's weird. It's like what you're talking about. And similar to mine, it's like, do you ever feel like you just kind of want to shake your dad? Like, come on, man, do some guard, like do something like have a purpose. Yeah. And they, and, and they yeah. I don't want to speak for your dad, but it seems like similar. It's like they just sit there like, like my dad, I don't want to talk too much shit about him now, but like basically he talks a big game in this religious realm, mm -hmm. but he's not doing anything. Mm -hmm. You know, my dad talks about glorifying God. My dad talks about he's supporting the ministry. My dad talks about like all of this kind of language, mm -hmm. but I'm like, what are you actually doing? Mm -hmm. You know, he tried to start some kind of organization a few years ago. I don't think anything really happened with it. And he'll still talk about it. Like, oh, you know, I started this thing with other chaplains. And But this is, and my mom and I have been talking about this a little bit, but like, this is the thing about like, I think with a lot of religious people, my dad included, is like, there's a lot of this language that just sound like, oh, you know, I'm working for the Lord. I'm praying about it. I'm, I'm, I'm the Holy Spirit is working. You know, God has a plan. You know, my dad says God brought him back from the dead like twice with heart attacks and shit. And I'm like, it's just words. But the reality, I'm like, what the hell are you doing? Besides, like I told you realistically, tangibly, he'll spend an afternoon reading the terms and conditions mm -hmm. of a, 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 because he just bought a new USB charger. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like meaningless <laughs> shit. You know, mm -hmm. and, and this is another question that I want to ask you, because obviously this has been on my mind a lot. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Following up on what we're just talking about here is like on a scale of one to 10, 10 meaning intimately like knows everything about you. One meaning knows absolutely nothing or zero. On a scale of one to 10, how well would you say your dad knows you? Three. Three That's on a good, a good day? day? Yeah. Okay. I would say he still thinks I I'm I'm open to getting married. He still thinks I should get married. He still thinks I should have kids. But yeah, the thing is, isn't that more about him and less about you? Of course, right? He should. He still thinks I should stop being a freelancer and yeah. work for work for a company. That's all. That's all about him, uh, though. He still thinks 
That's that's nothing about you. He still thinks uh, like he'll be happy if I go to grad school, uh, for whatever reason. Um, he still thinks that living in New Jersey is better than like living in a small smaller like suburbs or small town is better than living mm-hmm. in a big city. Uh, but everything you're describing, that's what he wants and likes. Mm-hmm. That's not, not what you want. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it's like he can't. Yeah, he can't that's, get yeah, over that's what I'm, that's what I'm like, saying. He can't, he can't see me without. Yeah, he can't see me without. He's getting his, right. in his own way. At least my mom mm-hmm. is a little bit softened up. My mom is a little bit situational, you know. She eighty percent of the time she's like, "Yeah, I'm totally okay with how you live your life." And twenty percent of the time is like, "Would you like to be set up with a girl? I fed someone. I'm like, Jackal and Hyde, Jesus, mom. Like the other time we just met, you're cool with me how I'm living my life. Now you well, you know, she. I could hear that. Like she, she gets it, but she might have stumbled upon an opportunity. Like maybe, but this girl. But no, see, that's that's like giving her the benefit of the doubt, giving her a buy because it's your mom and she's a woman. But it's like, no, like, mom, like, we talked about this, you know? You can't, I'm not going to let you be, like, you're my mom and I love you. And there'll be times where I'll be softened up, but there'll be times when I'll be like, no, like, we talked about this. I'm, that's not a thing I'm doing. I'm not going to entertain mm-hmm. this. So let me ask you on a scale on a scale of one to ten, so, how how well would you say your mom knows you? Well, five. <laughs> okay. A little better. So, so so what is it? How how do you how okay. would you rate your my parents? dad? Your dad. <laughs> on a <laughs> definitely lower than three. three. On a good day, I would say one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. On a bad day, I would say zero. Uh, How about your mom? My mom, I would say maybe an eight or a nine. Yeah. But, you yeah, know, I'm you very know. close with my mom. Um, yeah. It's also it's also a cultural thing, too, because my parents, you know, they barely speak any English. Yeah, but and you speak Korean, right? So you, you can be able to connect with him, right? But it's like I, when, when, when I went to that brunch thing, this weekend, I sent just to keep her posted, updated about my life. I sent her, I sent her the, the the photos of the food, and you know, not like group photos, but just mm-hmm. photos of the food that we had. You know, various dishes that we all shared, right? For for brunch, it was like an Asian restaurant, so it was really good food. Uh, and I sent her. And you sent a picture to, to your dad, and, and he was like, "What I is did. that guy's race? Who's that?" What is that brown guy? What is, where is not he even from? that? It's like is it, is that who are who are the married? Oh, that's people his new thing. Group? That's my dad's religion really? is marriage, not Christianity. Uh, he would put mar- his god is marriage, not not God. Uh, <laughs> and we can unpack that if you want. But for my mom, I sent the I didn't send uh, photos of the group. Mm-hmm. I just sent photos of the food, and it, and I just said to him, this is the brunch I had, uh, and she's like. You had brunch by yourself. So she was curious as to the people that you were with, but you didn't. She's like, but it's like also like my mom, like culturally, she doesn't understand brunch isn't a mm-hmm. thing you have by yourself. Brunch is a group thing. Yeah, but she's <laughs> who, who did she genuinely brunch? think you were just eating by yourself? Oh, yeah, she thought that I had six <laughs> dishes of food by myself. So she's like, you had brunch by yourself. 
Okay. That's the first thing she asked. I thought just, I, it's not even right. At first, even, I thought it was like, of course with? you have brunch with other people. And she's like, why are you just sending me pictures of the food? What about who are the people you're with? That's what I thought at first, but but you had to clarify that you no, had no, no, brunch no. with she people. She was genuinely. She's genuinely lost. Right. She I get have, it. So what you're saying is because they're so she, in that yeah. Korean culture bubble. It's not that she doesn't understand me. She doesn't American understand society or anything. How? Like, yeah. Right. I get it. Society works really. And because I think I think really I mean more shit talk on my dad. My dad brings her down. She she could yeah. be enjoying life a lot more because she's really a sweet yeah. sociable person. But case in point, I'll probably said this before. I'll say it again. They went on a cruise with another couple around their age, Korean couple around their age. So it's cool, like two mm-hmm. older Korean couples on a cruise. You know, mm-hmm. it's pre-pandemic. Uh, my dad just wanted to stay in a little windowless room and practice his clarinet. Mm. That's his thing right now. You, your dad reading TOCs. At least playing a musical instrument. That's my way dad better didn't than want to be in terms of service. But it's like, yeah, you're on I a know, cruise that's... in the Atlantic Ocean. All you want to do is go to the windowless room and play practice your clarinet. You don't want to go to brunch. You don't want to go to buffet. You don't no. want to go to their shows. You don't want to do any one. You don't want to sit by the pool. You don't want to do anything. You just want to be in the room and practice your clarinet. Like he didn't, my dad didn't understand the shows were a part of the right. whole, like sitting in that right. big table with a bunch of strangers. Right. That's a whole part right. of it. He didn't want to do any of that. He just want to like stop by the, the free buffet that they have 24 seven, grab and a you back, know, piece of something, and just stay practice. in the room, practice clarinet. My mom almost, my mom almost divorced wow. him on the spot right then and there. Um, she yeah. lost her mind. She lost her goddamn mind. So, well, so it is, it's like it is kind mom, of infuriating. I her I mean, come on, a, you're going on a cruise and with your life yeah. partner. Yeah, so I... I you want to just stay in the room by yourself and play clarinet? I'm like, what the, what the hell? <laughs> thank God my parents... Thank God my parents don't understand English. <laughs> um, <laughs> if they heard this, if they had this word ever got out. So, so my mom, I give her a five only because... She's not capable uh, not of understanding the my other dad brings five her down. points just because of... She doesn't... Has yeah. she hasn't had exactly? She hasn't had more right. opportunities to learn, you know. So that's why she she sees right. me through those. Okay, lenses, I get it. You know. Yeah. 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 I mean, that's that's kind of where I'm at. Like, um, I, I I just have so many examples I could give. Uh, I don't know if I ever told you this one. I'm just going to give this one example, and then like maybe I'll leave it at that. So back when my dad was still in the army, he's a chaplain, and we were living in Virginia, Stafford at the time, and we have a big house. So we're in the basement of the house, and he has all these chaplains over. So it's a bunch of his military peers. You know the story. <laughs> so I don't know the story, but I know the scenario where mm-hmm. it's all the all the pastors. So for the audience, yeah, we're right, both pastors' right. kids. So my my dad's a, a Protestant, Presbyterian, Korean American, Korean. Uh, pastor, so and Jay's dad is, is yep. a retired military chaplain. Yep. So I believe he was still active duty then. He might have been retired, but I don't think so. I think he was still active duty. And there's all these chaplains at our house, and they're all in the basement. I come downstairs for a minute, and he's like, "Oh, he comes, hey, come here." He introduces me to all of them. He's like, "Oh, this is my son." Mm-hmm. He's how old were you at the time? I was living in New York. I was probably like twenty. Oh, shit, you're mm-hmm. old. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I, mean, I was probably 27, probably 26 or 27, maybe 28. I thought you were like a... in there. Yes. Okay. So here, yeah. so I, I go, okay, I go, go down there. Go he's like, oh, he's a, this is my son. This is my son, Patrick. He's a he's an engineer for IBM. That's what my dad tells what? him. <laughs> and I'm not an engineer for IBM. So, but let me let me. Were you okay, were you okay, ever so an engineer for IBM? How my dad came up with that? Okay. Right. So I I went to school in Illinois. Where in Illinois? Oh, I went to Northwestern to do the Harvard thing. No, no. So I went to Northwestern and uh it's like the Harvard of the Midwest. Yeah, cuz Northwestern is a same <laughs> Harvard. So I went to <laughs> Is it so? It is. Harvard North, Northwestern's a really good school. So um it was tough. It is really good school. Yeah. So I went to the McCormick School of Engineering, Northwestern, and I finished yeah, it yeah. out. Yeah. I have a degree in industrial engineering from mm-hmm. Northwestern University. So I have an engineering degree. Yeah. Now, when I graduated, I went moved to San Francisco, and I found a job as a junior graphic designer, web designer, and I just started learning everything on the job. I learned Flash. So immediately you transitioned... Yes. To, to design, you right. didn't pursue a, a career in engineering. As, as, so you went to the moved to the Bay Area and pr- yes. pursued a career in and design. Everything about it, I was like, I okay. love this. This is so me. Like, dude, nice. after I left my first job, I worked at uh, this company Phoenix Pop for nine months or so, mm-hmm. and I left and I started freelancing for the first time in San Francisco. I'm right out of college, like nine, ten months out of college. I was walking down the street to work at Legus Delaney to work on Adidas soccer, like Adidas soccer website I was designing and mm. building, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So this is like the start of my burgeoning career. And I'm like... And that's probably the yeah, best Yeah, like, thing, dude, so I left my job. Ever. I think my salary at my... <laughs> For you to be... Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like my dream gig. Thing. So basically, I think I was making 40K salary at my first mm-hmm. job. And then I mm-hmm. left it after like nine months. And then I start freelancing for Legacy Delaney. My first gig is Adidas soccer and I'm making 75 an hour. Mm-hmm. I'm right out of college and I'm like, I'm walking in North beach to my job and I'm like, this is fucking awesome, man. This is like so sweet. So I was like, and how old were you 20, then? Wait, no. Yeah. Like 22, probably, probably like 22. Must have been like twenty four, maybe twenty three, maybe twenty two. You're like, I made it. You're like, yeah. you're like twenty three. So I, I was it. like off to a good start. Yeah. I was like, my dream job, good money, creative That's work. Great. I'm soccer, Adidas. Like I'm like, this is awesome. Mm-hmm. So anyway, so I worked in San Francisco, different ad agencies, building my resume, and I started Introversion.com back then, which became a big thing, had a big following. I got to speak at. Yeah. Webzine 2000 and like different conferences and stuff. So like I was like a name. I was like introversion. Even though nobody knew Patrick, my old name, I'm not even going to say it now. Nobody knew that name um, because I didn't like the name. Like I always went by either PK or introversion. Like people knew me as a guy from introversion. His his name was his name was Patrick sure, California with a K. Yeah. So 
Um, but anyway, I, I'm getting off track here. But the point is, eventually I, I built up my career, design, animation, I, doing web stuff. Then I moved to New York. I worked at this company, RGA, one of the best agencies in the world, mostly focusing on web development, web design, stuff like that. And then I started getting into animation. But, but while I was at working at RGA, IBM was one of our clients. Mm-hmm. So... So, yeah, so ah, I designed little microsites and animations and little demo videos for IBM and stuff like that. So my dad... What, one of your many... Exactly, I worked on Levi Strauss. I worked on the NYC 2012 yeah. Olympic bid. So basically, I did an animation mm-hmm. of the NYC 2012 logo that played throughout all of New York City on all of the digital screens, like in Times Square even, and subway signs. So my mom was with me. It's like a proud moment. We're standing in Times Square and we're looking up Mm -hmm. and it's like, there's the animation I did playing in Times Square. It's your work. My dad is nowhere to be found because he never came up to visit me in New York. Mm -hmm. Like my mom, very relational, very much there front and center in my life. My dad always nowhere to be found. Goes back to Mm -hmm. what I was saying earlier about he's done his job. He provided for the family. So he's checked, done. So back to the thing where he's introducing me to the chaplains. He introduces me. Oh, this is my son. He's an engineer for IBM. And they're all like, oh, that's great. Yeah, that's great. And I'm sitting there just like dumbfounded, you know? I love, I love for, the, for those who are listening, you can't see what Jay's doing. When, when you just said, this is my son. He's an engineer for IBM. And you're, you're impersonating your, your father, tight-lipped and nodding. At the yeah. blatant lie he I mean, just this, said. Is a, this is a whole nother tangent for a later thing, but like my dad just, but lies. And, and, but this is also, I think, a lot of the religious, like all a lot of the religious talk that Christians and people do, it's a form of lying because it's just flowery language that's not specific, you know? Mm-hmm. Like I deal in specifics yeah. and details in life. But when you're just kind of like, oh, I'll pray for you. I'll pray for you, you know, about this tragedy, thoughts and prayers or any. It's like, but what the fuck does that even mean? Nothing. It means nothing, you know. So but before I go off on that tangent, let me finish this up, this thought, which is basically. Yeah, go ahead. The reason why I said a one on a scale of 10, like this is one of many, 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 many examples. But like the sad part of it is kind of like your dad. Those things you listed off that he still wants to push on you, that's all about him, and it's nothing to do with you, your personality, your desires, your priorities, what you want out of life. That's all about him. Just like that with my dad. Like, he could have said, this is my son. He's a designer at RGA, one of the best creative agencies in the world. He's working on clients like IBM and... um, Levi Strauss and Nokia and all of this stuff. And he could have said he actually did an animation that played in Times Square and all over New York City. And there's so many things he could have said that are true about me. Yeah. And he didn't. Yeah. You know, and it's you can chalk it up to laziness. You can chalk it up to whatever. But to me, it's just one of many data points why I say on a scale of one to ten, it's a one. You know, he doesn't doesn't know me. You know, 
And and when I hear from him even recently in the last year, it's like he's still spouting the same things from 40 years ago that you should be a doctor or an engineer. That's all that matters to, to, to him. And Christian. That's all that matters. Christian, doctor, engineer. That's it. That's all that matters. For my dad, it's married with kids. Korean. Christian. How are you? Korean. They got to be Korean. Yes. Stop lying. They got to be Korean. Korean? Yeah. Yeah, I guess so. I guess so. They they want to accept a a black girl, even though she's perfect. A black girl who speaks fluent Korean, they they, they have a hard time with that. Yeah. You have to be purebred. (laughs) But a lot of things, like, as I was listening to you, it's not it's not so much you and I. We're both just talking shit about our dads. It's still, it's not so much that, but it's just talking about uh, behaviors and the patterns of these behaviors where it, you're just missing the point. Whether it's both our old dad, or our old old mans, or just people in society, or whether it's like libtards or like alt right, whatever it is, wherever you are on the spectrum, and just socially. Uh, people that you know in real life where it's like you're missing the point you know and wait who's there, who's missing there the is point? definitely uh uh for instance people who are very very woke very like talking about trans and mm-hmm. inclusivity things like that you know and that no you're missing the point like why do young girls have to wrestle young physical biological young boys in wrestling you know why do uh young kids have to go to these basically sex shows Mm -hmm. that's all about trans movement like you're missing the point you lost of like trans rights the the actual yeah yeah yeah. like that like it's it's one thing to be pro or ally or whatever supportive Another thing to be carrying your little baby to your, to your toddler to these mm-hmm. very adult things, you know, like would you if, if it was like a if it was like a straight sex mm-hmm. show, if it was like a, a straight man right. grinding still, on a straight woman, it's still not right. Yeah, ass, kids, like would you let would kids you take be those, little kids? It's still not right, but you wouldn't right. because it's not for trans. But it's like so it's like you're you're just missing the point, and and I feel like uh, whether whether it's our dads or whether it's just society, whether it's people in real life who I, I have this friend who I stopped talking to and he, he gets, he's an Asian guy. He gets like very, very worked up about any violence mm-hmm. against Asians. Right. Yeah. And, and it's okay. Sure. That's understandable. That's understandable. But he got so, uh, carried away by his emotions he started calling me a bitch he called me a bitch what is he doing do though about it is he just that's like okay I'm, just hash, no, no, hashtag he's doing absolutely nothing. That's he has it? a job i'm just like bro i told him bro you do something about it then you're gonna end up in jail no one i'm not gonna give a shit no one's gonna give you a shit maybe your mother at best but no one's gonna give you shit if you go to jail you know like that's the only like if I were your friend for actual friend, I'll be telling you to like, yeah, let's go, you know, let's go to the projects. Let's go to the Bronx and 
hurt some little black woman. Let's hit is her that, head with he, a brick. Is he you want know? like payback is that what or you, something? That's what he was saying. What is this like menace that's to society what he was saying. or something? Dumb, I'm just like, like boys in the hood. I'm just like, bro, yeah. you're a grown ass <laughs> right. man. I'm an accountant. What are we gonna do? Like, and he's oh like, my you're being a gosh. bitch. And he's Tom, serious. He's bitch. not joking. And I was like, okay, that's the. And I knew it. And I knew it. And I yeah. knew it. That's the end of my friendship. That's the end of my friendship. You're just missing the point. You're missing the point. You know, like there are horrible things that's going out in in mm-hmm. the world all the time, and you're, you're gonna just act mm-hmm. real emotionally to it. You know, like. You're just not seeing things. You're not. You're you're being selfish. That's what it is. Your dad is being selfish for saying that mm-hmm. because he wanted to see you in the way he wanted to present to you to his to his uh, contemporaries yeah. to his right. buddies the way that he wants to see it. My dad, he, he did a similar thing where he introduced me to his church congregants as a graduate of U.S. Because you did go to USC University for a semester, California, right? Where I. I I, uh-huh. I went there for a couple of years and I dropped out and I was in I was trying to get my ass in school and finish school from the illustrious right, California the State Showers. University of Los Angeles. <laughs> the, the, the golden shower. Basically, a big parking structure off the ten freeway. If most people in LA don't even know where Cal State LA is, if I say the big parking structure off the freeway, they're like, "Oh, that building. That's that's Cal State LA." So. And me and my dad had went to World War III after that church meeting. I was like, Dad, I don't. I dropped out of USC, and I go to Cal State LA. And he's just literally about to, you know, go nuclear on me. He's like, But you went to USC, didn't you? I was like, Dad, you didn't even know USC was until I told you that's where I was going. And you actually told me that I should have gone to San Jose State because you knew San Jose State. So if mm-hmm. I acted according to your prerogative. Then I would have gone to San Jose mm-hmm. State, which is the same system as California State, you know. Yep. So it's like it's all about you. It's not about me. Like you want to, you know, like if you want me to continue showing up here and being part of this community, mm-hmm. which I don't. I, I was just visiting him. I, I didn't even live there. You yep. know, he was living in Texas at the time, and I just visited him. It was like I'm gonna come out and see you and see mom and not go to church, not be a part of this. Because you're obviously see, isn't isn't it kind of I don't ironic is not yeah. the word, but isn't it kind of ridiculous that our dads have such a small narrow field of view, right, about the world, right? He goes on a cruise, he wants to stay in a small room and play a carinera, and that's it, right? My dad as it comes to America. Oh, here's a, yeah. another great example. I'll throw this one out. My dad lived in Japan for two years <laughs> before he retired. He was stationed over there. He retired. Yeah. No. Uh, Okinawa, Kamzama, but like, um, mm-hmm. you know what, what? my dad will talk about about the food. He lived in Japan for two years. You know what my dad talks about? The Mongolian barbecue at the <laughs> officers' club on base. <laughs> I kid you not. Living in Japan, he talks about the Mongolian barbecue at the officers' club on base. Just another example: the small, the smallness of the viewpoint of the life and existence that my dad has and your dad, and yet with that smallness, they want you and me to fit into that smallness and be small in their way. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know how you feel about this, but I feel like mm-hmm. the way my dad and people like that—it's like the children are just an extension of themselves. So however we do, 
shines on them. Extension, accessory. If, if we do yeah. exactly what they want, yeah. like a pet, you said. Like is that what pet. you said? Yeah, yeah, so like if we do well out yep. there in the world, in the, specifically the way in their little small view that they see as good, that makes them happy because they can brag about that, that we're successful in that very small way that not of course even 20 times more successful but in a different way they don't care about that mm-hmm. to me that's like that's my theory and observation like that's kind of what it is that's what that's what it is that our fathers see uh, the kids as extensions of themselves they have a very small view which is just ridiculous you know and here we are trying to get them, or your mom, trying to get them to expand your view. You know? It's like doubly, it's two problems. One is having such a small view. Everything needs to be Korean and Christian and whatever. Hmm. And mm-hmm. your children have to do it exactly the way you want in this small little thing. And I'm like, there's two prob- massive problems that need to get fixed. And like our your, our moms sound like they've been struggling, like trying to get them to broaden, go on a cruise, leave the room, watch a show, look out at the sunset, like something, you know, expand the view. Also, understand your son, understand your kids, what they're all about. They have their own story. They have their own passion, their interests. Anyway. I was... I, I, but the last thing I want to share here is uh, um, I was thinking about the psychedelic trips I've had, and you know I've always encouraged. Yeah, I probably won't do it anytime soon some with my or something. vertigo anytime soon. I'm not even gonna be drinking alcohol exactly. anytime soon. Yeah, good point. Oh, good point. But uh, I thought about the concept of like. Um, saying like I love you to someone and how misleading that is like I love you is like probably the most universally the most powerful statement if you mean it especially if like you know a father says to yeah but it's like think about like different different concepts different situations like a father says to his son I love you you know but which is kind of in lines with what we've been talking about but but here what we just like unpacked here the last 20 minutes and also in a greater extent here, the whole segment is that it's not the love. That's the problem. It's the I, that's the problem. You know, it's, it's the person that's saying it, you know, because if you're not that our dads are like this, that's not what I'm saying. I'm just thinking hypothetically, just th- think about this theoretically. If the person who's saying, I love you is a piece of shit, scumbag, dirtbag, just, Oh, just someone just not our dads. Just to clarify, you're person. saying not our dads. Just saying I love you, not our dads. Yeah, not our dads. It's if it's if it's like, like if it's if Omar, Osama bin Laden is basically saying I love you, then it's like, yeah, can you not, please, Mister Terrorist? Um, uh, it's so it's it's not so much love or or like affirmation, but it's it's the person giving you that sentiment that makes or breaks the whole thing. And, and, but if the person is like saying it out of just selfishness and they, they can't get out of their own way and they don't try to get out of their own way, 
you know, like I've told you this before. I've told you this on one of our, our probably our best uh, podcast, four hour one introversion that when you had me is, uh, yeah, yes. when, when I told you my parents yeah. are like Amish people, like Curry Amish, uh, and but it's like that's how they are, and that's how a lot of Korean American or Asian American first generation people are. Is just they they want to stay there. They want to be more like yeah. themselves. They don't want to get out, you know. Married, settle Lock down, it down, job, Lock it down. kids, whatever, and that's it. Go to go to a Korean church on Sundays. Mm-hmm. That's it, you know. Go to uh, H Mart and like yep. just Korean food, you know. Like that's my like kind of like your dad talking about Mongolian barbecue in Japan. My parents, we did a road trip. And this is the insanity that I had to buy into because I, I, I wanted to like get away with them as well. So there's three of us. This is years ago. From New Jersey, we took a road trip all the way to Portland, Maine. Portland, Maine. Although it's both on, you know, it's relative to the East Coast. It's a fucking 10-hour road trip away from New Jersey, northern New Jersey. We get all the way there, right? Get some Barely lobster. Took the whole damn you day. better get some lobster. To book a, get, yeah, mm-hmm. right? Some, yep. some lobster on a ro- buttered lobster on a roll. You know what we get? We get Chinese food. Oh Just some dumpy, yeah. boring-ass, not even like Sichuan, cool. No, just some very American beef and broccoli like just downtown Portland Chinese food, the first place we see, and I am trying not to turn into yeah. Korean Hulk. Here. How, how old were you? Like, how old were you? I'm at that just time? trying to accommodate. Mm. That was like fucking 33 at the 32 at the time. I'm trying not to lose my mind. Was you with sisters there? It was like I, your whole I, family. I like was but... already okay. It was just me. It was just me and my parents. Me and my parents. But I understand, this is how, I was beginning to understand, you know, like, and this is like universal, this is not a cultural or Asian American thing, that you, there's, a, there's a moment in time where a lot of, at least the mature ones, at least the perceptive ones, when the adult children have to cheat, treat mm-hmm. their aging parents like their own kids. And that's like the yeah. first visceral experience I had where I realized yeah. I had to treat my parents like my kids. They yeah. just don't get it so it's like okay i'll enjoy this dumpy chinese place dumpy uh, i think we did have dumplings too um so uh in this yeah, after 10 hours of driving and then 10 hours driving back that's all we did just walk around and see the water which was nice but that chinese food it's so nice. funny these stories and but these details you know like the the overlap and the themes that are but there, it's like you know? of course it makes yeah. Makes great stories, Dude, which I, I know enjoy. you've been it's like years and years of storytelling. We talked before about because you doing stand up comedy and stuff like that, open mics, and like you know talking about your dad and like your parents and all the material there. Like I've said before, my dad could offer up. I could have a whole successful Louis C.K. level comedy career based on telling stories about my dad alone. Because, because I think even though it might be cultural, uh, it might be just your dad in terms of his uh, career. But I think there's like a lot of uh, shared experience here. Because I could, when you're when when you said your dad was like reading the TOC when it comes through like updated TOC in his emails, 
Uh, I could see my dad doing same things with like Korean politics. Mm-hmm. I'm like, bro, you don't live in Korea anymore. Like, yeah, he's so South Korea just elected its new president, and it's kind of like their version of a like a mm. Diet Coke version of Trump. So this guy is like kind of like mm. pretty much straight up anti-feminism. Like feminism is ruining our country. Interesting. Like, it's like making everyone unhappy. It's like, well, it's like it's like it's like they they elected DeSantis, you know. So so my dad was very happy when that happened, right? But I'm thinking also, bro, like you don't live in Korea. Why why does it matter to you? Like it, it's more well, it might be about yeah, it might be a little different. This country that you live in. But he's yeah. so still yeah. linguistically like that's their roots. That's like to, where they grew up. You know. It's like imagine if you and I ten yeah. years ago yeah. moved to Portugal, and then we're like an eighty-year-old man living in Portugal. We would be checking in on America and checking in. But it's like uh, I, I just um, missed opportunity a little bit. But kind of, but it's kind of. It's kind of funny to, to like he's like all, all he's all into it. he's like all following it every bit of the way mm-hmm. like, just for shits and giggles. Well, that's the thing with like the, that older like generation and, and meet him. And probably women to some degree too. Like like seventies and eighties people like they got to find some way to pass the time. You know, it's a lot of time, mm-hmm. and, and it's a shame because it's a waste of it a is, lot of time. It really is. You know, like me, I'm the kind of person like like you said it earlier. Like you and me, sixty-five, we'll probably have in our own virtual podcast, like whatever the tech is then, you know, and mm-hmm. that's us, you know. That's and it's not just our generation. There's a lot of boring people like our parents that, that you meet at the parties in New York. So, it's boring, yeah, exactly. So there's a lot of boring young people. Uh, you know, we should take pride in that, like ourselves, like we're interesting people and we want to connect in very real ways, like everything we talked about earlier, like 100% genuine self, deeper connections with people, like honest truth, like uncomfortable as it may be, like it's like just to, you know, cause like life is, it's weird when you say like life is short, right? Cause life is short. This is how I feel about time. Not to go off on a major tangent, but we'll kind of wrap this up here. So like, but like time is a very weird, fluid thing to me, kind of interstellar, like, like it's, I feel like life is short, but Gary Vee has also said at some point, like, you've actually got a lot of time, you know? And it's like people get upset because they're like 32 or 28 and they're not, they haven't made it yet. And they're hustling, hustle, and they can't, there's not happening for them. But it's like Gary Vee is like, dude, like just, you're, you can be laying the groundwork, working hard for 10 years. All of a sudden you're 42 or you're 51 and the shit just finally blows up, mm-hmm. you know, and you put in the work and it's like, but you have all this time to work with, you know, whether you're 18 or whether even right now I'm 45 and you're like, whatever, 41, 42 or something. So like we still have time, mm-hmm. you know, but at the same time, life is short. Like we feel in the, in our forties, we feel that this is middle age. This is truly middle age. Like we're, we feel the time crunch because, like, we have less time left in life. We, we're starting to feel that. But at the same time, we're sort of capitalizing on it, mm-hmm. you know? It's shaping our personalities and our passions and our in- interests, right? Because we're, like, we want to go more for exactly what we want out of life because we're not going to live forever. Maybe when we're 18, we feel like, eh, hey, I can do this, I can do that, I got plenty of time, I'm never going to die, blah, blah, blah. 
But as soon as you hit your 40s, you start, or even 30s for some people, you start to realize, like, oh, wait a minute, I'm starting to kind of run out of time. You know, like, most of all my things are in the past. Everybody married, weddings, kids, all that's in the past. And it's like, oh, shit, I'm going to be 50 in a minute and 60, and then that's life's over, you know? So, so on the one hand, life is short. But on the other hand, looking at our parents, like our dads, like, there's so much time there that they don't do anything with. You know, and we're assuming we live to be 70s and 80s. Like we're also going to have that chunk of time. It's really just a matter of everybody has the same amount of time. And I'm not talking. Obviously, some people die before other people. But my point is, everybody has 24 hours in a day. You know, so I just don't buy that excuse completely that life is short and there's not enough time. There is enough time. You know, if you put your mind to doing something that you really want to do. You know what I mean? There, there's the universe is. I feel like the universe is aggressively fair. It's not just fair. It's not unfair. Really? It's aggressively I wouldn't say fair. that. I feel like. I feel like. I feel like. If y- you. Yeah, but you what about what the people sow, who were born? Put in into sex slavery as an infant and the, they didn't have a chance that's not fair for them but it's like but it's like once again it's what about is it you know you're going to keep looking on no no no, no 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 i'm not saying like from my like with a lot of people uh, like fine then, we're blessed then it's like, we have opportunity but there are there's no, there's no end of people to, suffering out there there's no end it, to what about is it then. when you say the universe is fair you have to factor those other people in and I'm saying, I don't think the universe is fair. I think, I, this is what I think. I think life is, nature and the universe it's is like, harsh. It doesn't end. Like, what, what and about And a lot of the, the way the universe, it's totally unfair for a lot of people throughout history. Like you could just be mm-hmm. born to the parents of slaves in the year 1726 in America through a brutal slave master, and you die of dysentery or whatever. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Like, at age two, mm-hmm. and all you knew was getting whipped on the back and slavery, you know. So that wasn't fair for that person, but that's soul. Mm-hmm. But that you're totally discounting people. But who some people in the modern stats. time, sure, in America, yeah. I don't like people just making excuses because I, I do believe in America now. We don't live in a racist society, yeah. so much so that people cannot overcome it and make something of themselves. Sure, fine. But there's still millions of people. I'm not just talking about current day and time. I'm talking about throughout human history who they didn't have a chance in hell to. So when you go to some, then hypothetically speaking, if you have someone in a very disadvantaged life with their, with disabilities, with uh, financial situations, whatever there or lack thereof, then you, 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 you're going to tell that person, this is your life. There's nothing you can do about it. I'm very sorry. Let me give you my sympathies. Let me give you some money. But this is all your, this is fate has willed it mm-hmm. that you're going to live this life like that. That You can't get out of it. That's fatalism. That's, that's, that's because you don't believe a person can Dude, get I'm, themselves I'm ta- to somebody just a little literally bit of shackled in chains and they're born into that. Or they die of a disease when they're like six months old and all they had, they had rashes all over their body and they just, I'm t- this is like millions of people throughout human history have had these horrible existences. You can't deny that. And they didn't have a chance. Mm-hmm. 
And then, and then likewise, likewise, the people who have elevated themselves, like you're an elitist, you're selfish, you should give back to where you came from, you know? So it's like you're, you're completely taking apart like what a person, what a person no, can no, do no, no, for no. This is apples and oranges a little bit. Like, I'm saying like there's like, a spectrum here, right? So there are people who are, were born with one leg in America. You can still make something of yourself, you know? There's people who, that's fine. I'm talking about babies born in the year 1406 and they had covered in rickets. And so well, that's, that's going to, to the universe, though, when you said the universe is yeah, fair, going to my like, original. I, I don't think the universe is fair. What I think is the universe is cruel and harsh. Nature is harsh and random. And I think people invent religion and heaven and all these kind of things to try to make some kind of sense. Because what I'm saying is a really harsh thought that, the, that there's no life after death, that you can be born into this world suffering and you die, and that's all you'll know. You never even had a chance, which has happened to millions of people throughout human history. They never have a chance. Mm -hmm. They're not going to heaven afterward. There's no redemption. There's no justice. They just got dealt a short stick and that's it. Mm -hmm. They suffered and they died. Mm -hmm. You know, millions of people like that over time. Mm -hmm. And I, that's a very harsh reality. That is what I think is the truth. Mm-hmm. And, and people sugarcoat it I agree with you. by like, inventing religion say, and like, well, it's okay. Is, yeah. You know, you were murdered by Hitler or whatever, but in the next life you'll be living happily and you'll be mm-hmm. reunited with your dog in the sky. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I think people invent these stories throughout human history. I, I, I fully agree with you that part. Maybe, maybe I'm a little bit too... I kind of know where you're going. Like, you're kind of referring to uh, people argument. who just make excuses and they have a short end yeah. of the stick and they're fatalists in the sense of like, well, I'm too short. I can never get a girl. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. But also, also just as a pure thought exercise in terms of uh, I, I'm not yeah. okay with whataboutism. I'm not okay with trying to find more exceptions in the long tail. I'm not okay like, because like conceptually, like theoretically, if you're going to be talking about people who are extremely disadvantaged from birth, then you're also going to be taking a- away the human, the human sure. spirit of people who elevate there, there, there's a There's a, there's a realm because you have where to people come can elevate themselves e- equally. But then there's also a realm, yeah. again, millions of people throughout human history where they they literally can't. Like but then, they, they're, they're covered in, yeah. in rickets and they're going to die at age five months. They, there's nothing they could have done to lift their... And it's like, not like well, an arbitrary yeah, thing. I'm, I'm, this is millions of people throughout human history have like, they haven't had a chance. And I... Peep, peep, but see, but see... <laughs> Yes. <laughs> do they did yes. they, they really exist? <laughs> Let's just say life is aggressively. If you're fair a white you're male American. patriarch. If you have electricity, yeah, I think we're English. we're we're mixing up a little bit of apples and oranges today. there. Like I, I, I don't necessarily I disagree think, with I you in terms of opportunity. I think people tend to get it like SJWs, right? Like social justice yeah. warriors will get into like this, well, I can't, you know, mm-hmm. there's somebody starving in Africa. And I love what you said before mm-hmm. about when you were a kid and you didn't want to eat any more food on your plate. And they're like, you know, there are starving children in Africa and that sets you off. And you're like, here, here's the plate, go give it to them. 
Mm-hmm. You know, it's a stupid. That's a stupid hypothetical, and but like, that, what it, is? It, I get it, that that feeling that you had. I think there's there's like a good use of finding exceptions to the rule to really challenge the general the gen- generalization. Absolutely, absolutely. At the same time, I feel like when you abuse uh, exceptionalism, like finally finding the like in any well-run society, there's always going to be people who are at a disadvantage, whether they're physically, mentally, mm-hmm. financially. Um, that's why you need social services. But it's gotten to a point where the libtard, the the extreme left, has uh, missed the point once again completely. Where it's like, no, we need to put whatever is the current group of people, which is like black trans. Uh, yeah, black elevate trans, the the uh, whoever is the lowest unquote. victim of the day. Like. And and you need to right. be a part of this. Yeah, I, I totally get this. So to me, like, this is like uh, a really? different conversation than mm-hmm. than like the universe is fair. For oh yeah, yeah, like, yeah, for sure. Nah. For sure. Well, I guess I guess what I was trying to get at it's not so much fair as it is uh, fair. What's the right word? It's, fair. it's not fair. Fair because maybe like impartial as, or neutral, uh, like equal equal but but like but impartial is good i feel like because it's like the universe is stoic right. in the sense that it doesn't really care about you well, then we get into the whole god yourself. versus universe thing so like god to me, me is just the, a personification of a universe that's mm-hmm. neither forgiving or unforgiving it's just there it just exists i didn't like 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 for me like doing some uh, deadlifts before this recording session at the gym, I I was once again reminded of how, like, how can I expect anyone to respect me if I don't respect myself first? In in the sense that, uh, like, to res- just even on a physical level, I'm a five foot eight Asian guy. I'm kind of chubby, you know. I'm 190 pounds, but at the same time, I'm building muscle. I'm, doing deadlifts and squats and all that good stuff. But it's like, like no one would say that I'm imposing. I'm physically imposing. But no, but let's see how far I can get there. You know, let's see how close I can get there. You know, let's see if I can be as strong as I can, be as mm-hmm. physically imposing as I can, even if that's a thing. Let's just be a little mischievous and see. But if I don't do that for myself, then how would I you know, expect other people. Like, that's just the thing. Like, with with any of the people I mentioned earlier who are, like, like kind of trying to figure out bookkeeping, trying to figure out strip clubs, and trying to figure out women. Like, you're all just just being a bitch, really. Like, <laughs> you're not really using your time, like, it was, as you were talking. Like, you're not really using this life as as best as you can be because... You're scared, and there's obvious ramifications for what you do, what you say, and how you live your life. But you gotta yeah, put sure. in it. Yeah. You gotta put your skin in for the sure, game yeah. so that you can reap the rewards. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, let's uh, let's 
happy, well, happy like, Father's like Day, said, y'all. We were gonna go in. We were gonna go in, and um, you know, starting with Father's Day, I knew this would go all over the place, and we did. So that's totally cool. We we kind of came back to mm-hmm. fathers. I feel like if I say anything more about my dad, it's going to be incriminating at this point. So, you know, no. I uh, I'll I'll end with this. Um, uh, and I don't know if I said this. I don't think I did. Mm-hmm. I did go on a psychedelic mm-hmm. trip not too long ago. I sh- I shared this with you, and um, not that I'm like completely telling everyone to do mushrooms. Maybe. Um, but it was a very interesting, fascinating experience because in, in that state and feeling, I felt the loneliness of my, my dad. My, I felt like my dad was really lonely. And I felt like I should check in with him. And sure enough, a week later, I did check in with him. Uh, I just, I never done it before, but you know, because I live in New York City, I don't have a car. My parents live you know, just outside of New York City. But I realized logistically, it's not impossible for me to visit them at their place. So that's what I did. I just surprised them on a weekend. I knew that they would be home. And I just like, just barged in on their little apartment and they were completely happily surprised. And sure enough, my mom was like, oh, that's perfect. That's what you, exactly what your dad needed. Your dad was a little down and you did, a, you did the right thing as a son. I was very happy to do that. And I think um, I'm just in a very grateful arrangement and part of my life where fortunate part of my life where my dad's still around and I could still just hang out with him hang out with my parents and although we have very different lives and outlooks and all that um but still we we're we like hanging out with each other and we like just doing going to places and going to as aggravating as it is to you when there's like (laughs) main lobster right there but it's like I treat them as my little I treat them as my little kids, and you know, I, maybe next time I'll treat them to a, a butter lobster on a roll, mm-hmm. and you know, yeah. they'll learn something right. new. And they're like kids; it is they true. To learn something new. It is true. The whole. But I feel like that's, parents become kids. That yeah. was that was a very humbling lesson. That's why I identified as a daddy earlier I when out, I said and I was very very grateful. Because I'm like a that. I'm like a father figure to my parents. Mm-hmm. Now, yeah. Yeah. See, come. Yeah. Came full <laughs> there you circle. go, Daddy O. <laughs> I've been, I've been just yelling at Jay that life is aggressively fair, but then I realized the hole in my own argument just now. Like, Jay, you should go to all the millions of dead fetuses, aborted fetuses, and just ask them, bro, Tommy said life is aggressively fair. Do you agree with Tommy? Dead fetus. Dead fetus. Do you have a name, dead fetus? When were you terminated? Second or third trimester. Is life aggressively fair for you? Oh my god. Do you even know what brunch is, bro? <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> but that is the life that, that is the style of levity that we have here on FMAO. Yes. We were we were just chatting about how what makes FMAO FMAO? You know, it's like we're we're goofing around, we're a couple of goofballs, we like to have fun, we like to joke around. But at the same time, like we're talking about serious shit, like the, the real stuff of life, you know, and let's be honest, like life is not, it's not either or it's not binary. It's not, it's not all serious. You might turn into a podcast or a show because they could cover very serious subjects and, you know, very seriously, but 
you might tune into another show that's just a comedy show and just fun goof around. But like, this is a show where we talk about it all, like the seriousness of life, but also the levity, you know, cause that's life. Like we want to bring a full picture to life here. Like the good, the bad, the ugly, the silly, the unfair universe, you know, from all the injustice for all the aborted fetuses who don't have a say in the matter, you know, all of these things, you know, it's all, it's all a little big, you, you know, I was going to say galab jam. I'm sorry if I it just just uh, just uh, 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 as a disclaimer, as a footnote, I apologize to all the offended dead fetuses out there. Yeah, and I invite you to come to New York and have Dude, brunch with me. If there's one demographic you can totally shit on, it's unborn fetuses. Fetuses. They're, they're never aborted. Gonna, aborted yeah, okay, abort- so is it aborted? Sorry. Fetuses? Yes, aborted. Sorry. Aborted fetuses. If there's one there's, demographic you can shit on, yeah. you can't talk yeah. shit about, you know. I'm not talking like, shit about women. Gay, I'm not shit. women, trans. Yeah, yeah. You can, you can shit on white men. I'm not men. talking about okay, women. Yeah. So there's two demographics you can shit on on the planet Earth right now. You can shit on white men and you can uh-huh. shit on aborted fetuses. Uh-huh. Dude. Yeah, because so, I'm not true, talking shit to pro-choice, pro-choice women. True statement. True statement. Yeah. Yeah, because abortive fetuses are not gonna start a hashtag. Mm-hmm. They're not gonna cancel you. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They've already canceled. Mm-hmm. How can the canceled <laughs> cancel you? They're already canceled. <laughs> How did we go so far off the rails in our outro? <laughs> this is supposed to. That's what build, we do in As you said, this is this boat. You you said it yourself, Jay. You're supposed to build anticipation, but now we're. Just getting into the once again. This is a little segment. We're doing a little segment right now. <laughs> oh, no, no. We just can't stay off abortion. We love so, it so much. We love. We God love bless it so the much. aborted fetuses. We're gonna have aborted fetuses on our swag, on our merchandise. Just a dead gloop. Just oh a dead God. blob of a baby. Just a dead blob. Just 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 neo Nazis holding dead babies, dead mm. fetuses. Neo Nazi Ukrainians. Because there's a lot of those there. With the flag. Holding, holding dead fetuses. With, with the swastika on their arms. Oh, my the, God. The tattoo swastika on their arms. I'm going to have to print these on my own silkscreen printer <laughs> because no printer out there, service, third party, is going to agree to print any of this shit. And it's not going to be through PayPal or Stripe. They will shut that shit down. Let's, let's, Faster let's, than you can say, aborted fetus. And then let's start sending free merchandise to Alex Jones so that we can have him on our podcast. Oh, hey, some Alex, straight, come on some our straight frogs. Some straight frogs. <laughs> <laughs> what they're going to do is they're gonna get some straight frogs. And they're gonna, they're gonna, the dead fetus is going to get 5G into the, the... We're talking to lizard people. That's a pretty yeah. good Alex Jones. I just did it on the spot. Yeah. I can do a pretty good Alex Jones, but you I, have haven't to get heard, there, right? I haven't heard him in a long time, so I'm not even going to try. Yeah. But um, yeah, maybe that should be one of our mascots. It's like a straight frog. A straight frog. <laughs> <laughs> good times. What's our social media handles for people? Oh, yeah. Follow? So let's wrap this up, people. Let's wrap this up. So we are FMAO Show. At FMAO Show on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Facebook, YouTube. Yeah. Yep. Well, YouTube, no, we don't have the URL yet for that. 
but okay. we are in progress. Yeah, it's coming. It's coming, people. It's coming. It's coming faster than a a guy into a woman who doesn't want to have that baby, and is going to abort the fetus. That's how fast yeah. we're coming. Speaking of unwanted pregnancies, we're pregnanting your ears with this. So, if you do happen to see our content on YouTube, by all means, like, comment, subscribe. But as our audio platform, Spotify listeners, you'll be getting all our content just in each episode, weekly episode format. Yeah. So if you really want to get to know us personally and hear these kind of non-offensive outros, mm -hmm. then uh, find us on the podcast platforms, which mm -hmm. we're already live there. We're already live there. Yeah. So we're, we're on Spotify there. and Apple. Look up FMAO or FMAO show and you'll find us. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, stay tuned for all the YouTube and all the clips and all the social medias. Uh, we're and look forward to our, our, our more uh, as, as the learning curve of us, especially when it comes to uh, like a video starting off podcast, signing off a podcast because we got to get a script. We got to get like we today we tried. What do you identify? How do you identify as today? That kind of stuff. So we'll be working on that. So yeah. stay tuned. It's always a work in progress. It is. It is. It is. Lots of exploration. It's like it's like it's some, some kind of Tommy Danger experiment here. You know, like that's what we do. We experiment, oh. and uh, oh. it's, it's the it's the Jay Caslow and Tommy Danger experiment show. <laughs> yeah, we're gonna discover or, each other's bodies. That's what we're gonna or, do. Or or just FMAO. Yeah, that works. That works. All right. All right. Peace out, people. Pew, pew. Later. Until, until episode four. Until next time. Until Peace. a new hope. <laughs> Later. Follow on social media at FMAO Show.